The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening to Matt Slick Live. Hey, if you want to give me a call, we have five open lines, 877-207-2276. I am looking at uh, our email address, and uh, just seeing if anybody wants to email me some questions. You don't have to uh, call up on the radio, but if you have any questions you want to ask me, all you got to do is uh, just uh, email us at info at org, and I'll be able to see it, and we can blab, we can talk. Uh, we're going to answer your questions. Info at CARM, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. All right, having said all of that, uh, again, I want to thank all of the donors uh, that who uh, you know that supported us. We get a lot of support from uh, the East Coast, you know, Virginia and the Carolinas and Georgia and stuff. And just want to say thank you to all of you out there. I hope to get out there sometime. I really do want to get out there. I would love to be able to meet, uh, just meet so many people from there in the station as well. You know, every day before uh, the radio show, we call call up and do a sound check. And I would, not always, but I tease the guys a lot. They're, they're good guys. And um, it would be great to meet them as well. They may not say that after I've left. Well, it was nice while it lasted, but uh, glad it's over. You never know. Because, uh, well, you know. So once you give me a call, 877-207-2276. And uh, let's see, I got that. And uh, yeah, there we go. Whew, a lot of stuff going on. All right. Um, let's see. Yeah, the email. If you want to email me, info at karm.org. we got calls coming in. That's good. I did a Patreon video last night. And uh, one of the things I've started researching uh, lately is uh, the conditions, issues related to uh, the destruction or the downfall, uh, corruption, however you want to call it, of our country. And I've been just collecting information, and I'm surprised at some of the things I'm finding out, and uh, I'll be documenting stuff and writing about stuff and all that kind of thing. So I'm really working on it. So there you go. You know, I just, yeah, my, it's it's really interesting. Uh, I'm not going to give you specifics on some things, but uh, on, on societal decay. So I've been working, you know, and setting issues on single mothers and male-female relationships, equity, feminism, um, uh, toxic masculinity, language manipulation, and alteration. So, uh, you know, I, I am odd in that, to me, that sounds like a good idea. You know, to me, it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. So, uh, interesting. That can't be right. There we go. So, I was just looking at something else. So, uh, for me, I, I enjoy that kind of thing. I enjoy uh, studying. I enjoy uh, learning. And I enjoy the challenge of finding out information that is new and different. Uh, for me, that is a, a just the whole... The whole thing is a reward in the very act of, of study and uh, learning, and I, I enjoy it. Well, anyway, it's just kind of me, you know. I'm a little odd, as my wife likes to say, but she says it in a good way. So if you want to give me a call, 877, oh, we lost that one caller, 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call, 
And if you're new to the show, Christian Apologetics here, what we do is answer questions, teach theology, and everything. Now, one of the things that uh, I've been learning, I'm gonna, I am going to talk about this in my research on all kinds of things. And lately, as I'm looking at the issue of uh, our society, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I have no confidence in our government <laughs> anymore. I just don't. Uh, the Biden crime family, I don't trust them. And the Senate and the Congress, I don't trust Republicans. I don't trust the uh, Dems. And I, I, I'm pretty cynical. I don't know. You know, they're uh, leaving the borders open. They've left, what, $93 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan. I mean, just botched thing after thing after thing. It's as though they're trying to destroy our country, uh, putting us in extreme debt, letting the communist China uh, come in and, and buy land and have police uh, stations uh, in our cities. It's just, what is wrong with people? So I can go on and on, but I don't have any, any confidence in them. Now, I every now and then I talk about this, and I'm going to go back to Genesis 3. I'm going to talk about something here, because I've been thinking about the issue of the nature of truth. Now, this is what it says. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from the tree of the garden. All right. Now, since God knows everything from forever ago, whatever he says is always true. Whatever quality he possesses, he does not possess its opposite. So if he has existence, he cannot also possess non-existence. So he is good, and he's true and holy. We know that. All right. So when he speaks, it's always true, because he cannot possess the quality of non-truth. This is the nature of God. So I've been thinking about this. It's really simple. Uh, for me, it's kind of a you know, like a, a new light on a same truth kind of a thing, as you see from a different angle. And when Satan said, as God said, the first thing he was doing was doubting the word of God. Now, I've talked about this before. But I'm thinking about this stuff in society. And um, and the issue of, how to describe it, the issue of the the, the lack of, of truth. And when you don't have truth, then you don't have absolutes. When you don't have absolutes, morals are up for grabs. And because truth and morality are related, if there's no God that is the ultimate foundation of all truth, then we will step in and make ourselves the ultimate standard, our own opinions. There is no universal outside of ourselves. And this is what I'm seeing in society. What I'm seeing in society is the fruit of the phrase, has God really said? Did God really say it? In other words, I'm seeing the fruit of doubt, the fruit of there are no uh, truth absolutes. And I'm seeing it in walking into stores and people looting because there is no God and no consequence, or uh, embezzling, or uh, insurance fraud because there is no God, there is no consequence. And if you say it's wrong to do it, it means it's meaningless to people because without truth being anchored in the universal being who is God then you can't justify really anything. Uh, everything exists in what's called a causal chain. 
And every fact that exists, exists in a context. So the fact that I'm talking to you, the context is I'm sitting in my chair in my office, headset on, radio is working, you're listening in your car, at home, wherever it is. So every fact has a context. And no fact is independent of all other facts. And so all facts that come into existence were caused to come into existence. And this means that everything and all truths exist in a causal chain, except, of course, God. He is uh, the author of all truth. And so, without the coherence of truth that is resting in the mind of God, then you can't justify truth absolutes and moral absolutes. When that's the case, then robbing, theft, extortion, uh, sexual immorality, taking bribes in government, not following the laws. All of that is consistent with the idea that truth is not absolute and morals are not absolute. Because if truth is absolute and morals are absolute, people are more inclined to uh, follow them. But also, if there is universal truth, uh, then it implies a universal mind. You know, the, Of course, the Trinitarian God. Because if there's truth that it's always wrong to, you know, to murder, for example, it's always wrong everywhere all the time to murder, then what makes it true? Well, if I say it's true, it doesn't mean it has universal value. And if you say it's true, it doesn't mean it has universal value based on what you've said. You might recognize a universal value, but you can't declare it and, and create it. To recognize a universal value is interesting because a moral is an abstract idea. It occurs in the heart, it occurs in the mind, it doesn't occur under rocks, not behind trees. And so if there is universal truth that's related to universal morals, that implies universal truth systems. And when we think about this, what it means is that there has to be a God behind us. Now I can get into the one and the many and universals and particulars and really, you know, I can get more philosophy and stuff like this based on Christian theological perspectives. I don't know if I'll do that or not, but we'll see. And if we understand that God, the author of truth and the the basis of moral absolutes, if we're to think a little bit further along the line, if God is holy and not not holy, if he is good and also not the case that he's evil, because whatever he possesses as an attribute, he cannot also possess its opposite as part of his nature. The proof of that is, for example, God's nature is to exist. Well, we can't say he both has the ability to exist and not exist. It's, it's not sequitur. So, as I'm thinking about this, and uh, the necessity of God punishing, people say, well, why did he punish? Because if God is good, and someone does something which is against him and his nature, then if he does not deal with the one who has done what is bad, then he is allowing the evil to be free. And it stands in contrast to the nature of God. And if God approves of evil by not dealing with it, then he is contradicting himself because his nature is pure and holy. 
Therefore, he must punish the unbeliever. Because to not do so would be to not be just and holy in regards to that which is wrong. So this is why God also, in the nature of truth, must be the one who is also the judge, because judgment is based on absolute truth and absolute morals. And people who don't believe in absolute truth and God will do whatever is right in their own eyes. This is what I've been seeing, and uh, philosophically this is what I've been seeing, and practically it works out in exactly what we're seeing in our country today. This is ultimately a spiritual issue because truth is related to morality and both truth and morality ultimately come from God and whatever God does is holy so therefore all truth statements have moral value even 2 plus 2 equals 4. We ought to believe 2 plus 2 equals 4 because ultimately it's grounded in the mind of God and since God is pure and perfect we ought to believe what is true and becomes a moral issue because to deny it would be to deny God's truth and that would be sinful. So we have the obligation to believe and trust in the true and living God. And what's interesting is Jesus Christ is that truth in person, in flesh. Now here's a verse I haven't quoted in a long time. It's John 1.17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. And so he is the revelation of the true and living God. And this is why he said in John 14.6, on the way, the truth and the life. So ultimately, without God, without uh, the truth of who God is, societies will crumble. They will crumble. Because lawlessness becomes norm. Abortion, homosexuality, socialism, communism, oppression, lying, bribes become norm, the norm. And societies can't survive that way. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. We have four open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get to Clement from Utah. Hey, Clement, welcome. You're on the air. Yes, I'm here, Matt. Yes. Um, uh, I'm Western I'm a West Indian based person from Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. I have this. I, I have, I'm in a Bible study with some guys, and they bring some stiff arguments about the care and the wheat. Um, about what? The, that you, the care and the wheat. I don't understand what you're saying. Sorry. Say it again. Okay. Okay, wheat and tears. Oh. oh, the wheat and the tares. Okay, gotcha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Now, as you know, you always say that you have a good argument about those who were taken. Um, or the wicked, those yes. Who were the, yes, mm-hmm. the wicked ones. And yep. I look in, the, in all this you are not wrong or that in the sense that um like in the Bible always say that those will be judged, those who will be taken. Okay? Right. Two men in the field, one is taken, and that's the wicked who are taken, yes. Right. And the one I was speaking um and then while I was reading it, what came to my mind or maybe the Holy Spirit put it in my mind. All right. 
John Ken John Ken John Nobody Nobody will be It's hard to understand you. Just to let you know, it's hard to understand you because it's connection's not that good and it breaks up a lot. So I'm just straining to to follow you, but but keep going. John John, John 10, 10. 20. John 10, 20, okay. 20. Yeah. 28. 28. I give eternal life to them that never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand, okay. Right, so I'm saying they can be taken, they will be taken. So, but my friends are bringing this message in the rapture. Those who will be taken up with the Lord in the clouds will be first and will be left last will be judged. And I, it's a contrast. I'm reading that too, but I want you to know if you could explain that contrast. Sure. I think I understand what you're saying. So, the wheat and the tares in Matthew 24, Luke 17, you know, as it was the days of Noah, so shall it be the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, given in marriage. Two men will be in the field, one is taken. That's the wicked who are taken. That's clear if you read the context, and uh, most people just don't get it because they don't read the context, but that's what it is. And then Matthew 13, uh, Jesus talks about the wheat and the tares, and he says, first gather the tares. This is the time of the harvest. The first ones gathered are the wicked, and they're taken to a place of judgment and destruction. That's not the rapture. The rapture is when the Christians are taken. And so we can have the wicked removed out of the kingdom of God, as as Jesus says in Mark, in Matthew 13, 40 through 42, he talks about this, and then the rapture can occur, which is us being taken up uh, into heaven, uh, where the resurrected good are glorified first. So there's no problem. Okay. okay so the weekend is not the rapture. No. Um, well, yes, yes and no. When the tares are taken, that's not a rapture, but when the wheat are taken, that's the rapture. And what's really odd is that the majority of people in America, and probably where you're being taught too by whoever, teaches that uh, there's going to be a pre-tribulation rapture, and then later, and a thousand years later, the wicked are judged. Except that Jesus says that when there's two men in the field, one is taken, one is left, that's the wicked, and they're taken to a place of judgment. And so when Jesus says that the wicked are to be gathered first, and uh, uh, bundled in order to be burned. Jesus says that they are taken out of his kingdom. That's what he says. For the Son of Man will send the angels that will gather out of his kingdom the stumbling blocks. And that's in the context of the tares. This must mean, then, that the kingdom of God is existing for the tares to be in it. Now, some people will say, well, that's the, the pre-tribulation rapture, or the, the millennium, at the end of the millennium. But that can't work. Because it says the first ones uh, are gathered and such are done at the end of the age. And there's only two ages, this age and the age to come. So that's why that doesn't work, because it doesn't fit the timeline. don't know if that helps. And I don't know if, you know, the people in Trinidad are teaching you right or wrong. I know there's cults out there. I don't know, um, uh, you know, if, there's, if it's good what you're being taught. Well, I don't no, know. I'm not saying that it's saying that we have a little, I have a little Bible um, study goes on with some brothers, and they are, we are united on who are taking first, or who, and who are doing, 
taking that is in the theory we we understand that that is the wicked but this other parts of the bible is talking about who were taken first were actually protected by god it's hard to understand you sorry the who were taken by god in other parts of, of other parts where when jesus is coming in the cloud the dead in christ are right foot. those mm-hmm. who are alive will rise with yes first Thessalonians. I'm not sure what you're because it's hard to understand you, but it doesn't say that God takes them. It may be the case that God takes them, but it's the implication is now now you said that and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute, it looks like it's the angels who are doing something. Uh, but I don't know, I got to study that because in Matthew 13:30. You know, allow both to go together till the harvest. At the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, first gather the tares. So then when you go to verse 40, the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so it should be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks. Okay, so the wicked are gathered by the angels. We, we know that. And then it says, uh, then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun. I just thought of something. Because of what you said a thought I've never had before seriously it's uh, it could it be I'm just asking the question could it be that when it says uh, the son of man that's Jesus will send forth his angels and they will gather out of the kingdom the stumbling blocks so the wicked are the ones who are taken could it be that the angels sent by Christ are taking the wicked and could it be then that God is the one who does his work in the resurrection of the good I don't know I'm, I'm just asking the question because it doesn't say that God does it, that I'm looking so far in these verses. Because it does say the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the angel, the angel uh, trumpet of God, and the dead will, in Christ will rise first. It doesn't say who causes them to be risen. We, it's got to be God. Uh, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. It doesn't say who's doing the catching up. Since we know from Matthew 13, the angels are taking the wicked and are taken to a place of judgment. Uh, I don't know if it's a rapture kind of a thing or if it's a, an engineered gathering to like Armageddon or something like that. There's look, good questions on there. I'm going to have to see if I can figure it out. Anyway. Yeah. I think. Well, uh, we've got a break. Know, we got a break. Can you hold on? we got a break, brother. Hold on. Kate Clement? Okay. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. We have three open lines 877 We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Bottom of the hour, let's get back on with Clement, see if we can understand him any better. Clement, are you still there? Hello? Maybe we lost him. Okay, well, let's just move on then to, let's see, that's Paul, I guess that's Paul, from Virginia. Hey, Paul, welcome. You are on the air. Hey, Hello there. It's been many weeks since I've spoken with you. Okay. Um, my question is around some of the things that you were speaking about at the top of the, your show today. 
Um, and one of my first questions, well, I have a question around a term called democide, but then hmm. I was wondering how is it that the Chinese can have police stations in a United States cities? Oh, that's easy. You have the left allow it. That's it. The left has allowed it. Up here in Idaho, uh, 10, 12, 15 years ago, uh, there, I heard from many people that uh, they'd recently stopped um, a movement from our stupid government to uh, sell 50 square miles to the Chinese um, uh, uh, communist country, and it would be sovereign Chinese territory. And it was uh, people here said, no, that's not happening. They have been buying uh, facilities within 10 miles of of military bases. So, you know, why would our government allow this? It's As far as I'm concerned, it's because they're in cahoots with evil and uh, they want our country to be um, reshaped for the Great Reset and the New World Order. Yes, and so I guess in, in that way it makes sense to me. Um, uh, still want to ask about the demo side, but first, with you being a millennialist, if I'm saying that correctly, mm -hmm. uh, you do not believe in pre-trib. At this point, I've heard so many different right. things. I'm not sure what I believe other than I accepted Christ when I was nine years old. Um, but uh, the fact mm -hmm. that you don't believe in pre-trib rapture, uh, mm -hmm. Are we already in, in other words, is COVID, was COVID possibly the first of uh, one of the bowls or trumpets or seals in Revelation? Are we already in the tribulation? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I okay. believe, you know, I do believe there's going to be tribulation. I just I just believe that uh, we're going to go through it. That, that's it. We'll be raptured out afterwards. hope I'm wrong. So uh, the Temple of Jerusalem needs to be rebuilt. And uh, I have... I, mean, I get word every now and then from people saying yes they're training the priests they already have the ashes of the red heifer there's even uh, the building is being constructed um, and being ready to be transported in place and, and erected quickly so when that happens then start looking you know towards the heavens for the sign to the heavens as it says but metaphorically literally and what's going to happen I don't know but I wouldn't say we're in the tribulation yet it's going to get bad the tribulation period is bad it's going to be bad and, well, let's put it this way. The standard view, view is it's good for the first half, then bad the second half. And yes. But I believe it's going to be b bad all the way around because the good that is spoken about, there's peace, is at the sacrifice of truth. And we Christians stand up for truth. And if you can't buy or sell without a mark or a card or a tattoo or whatever it is that's going to be that symbolizes the mark of the beast, then uh, those who don't submit will be moved away and put in camps and then you'd have peace in your society so this is all possible like this yes and if you recall I had mentioned to you uh, back in late 21 and into 22 a book called COVID-19 and mm -hmm. the global predators we are the prey it is that mm -hmm. we are the prey dot com or Amazon. I have no connection to the book. I would just like people to know about it. But with that said, going back to the question on democide, mm -hmm. my understanding of democide is murder by the government. Right. And it just looked it up, I yeah. was almost 
I believe to be what I consider to be propaganda and fear campaigns which are ongoing, but were more, uh, you know, broad around when all of this COVID started up. And uh, so I wish I knew then what I know now and I, my actions would have been different, but I feel like my government has totally lied to me and tried to murder mm -hmm. me because the third shot nearly killed me and I started really? doing more research. Yes. And if there is a website mm -hmm. called oh. Real Not Rare, Real Not Rare dot well, com where well, hold on, let's let's uh, let's talk about this the shot thing because I don't believe that my opinion is the government isn't out there to kill people. Uh, there might that they I think they actually wanted to help people, but the the uh, COVID shot is part of the control. It's called control markers. Cults and uh, mind control groups have uh, things that we I call them control markers. They are things they look for. Like in Mormonism, you dress a certain way, uh, you talk a certain way. In Jehovah's Witnesses, the same kind of a thing. And I can recognize them because I've studied them for so long. But you can have them in uh, in governments and societies as well, control markers. Uh, I was talking to somebody today, as a matter of fact, who said that he was speaking to a woman who said, if I get the third COVID shot and I die because of it, at least I know I've done the right thing. And it was just a stunning... Oh. A moment of stupidity for this guy. He saw it. He goes, "That that's dumb." But people have that kind of mentality. They are so brainwashed to think that the government is automatically right, that they submit to it. Those are the kinds of people who are ripe uh, for the Antichrist. So, is the government seeking to kill us on purpose? All of us? Well, of course not. But uh, have there been intentions like Waco? You know, if you're familiar with, remember Waco. I remember when it was happening live. I was yelling at the TV because I knew exactly what not to do, and they were the feds were doing exactly what not to do in order to cause a problem. And they they fomented that problem. They caused that problem. They could have had everybody be fine uh, if all they had to do was de-escalate, but they pushed, and they did exactly what this cult prophesied would happen that they'd be attacked be persecuted well if that's what they think and you know that because that's what the, the feds knew all you got to do is just back off that's it and then the prophecy can't come true so it's real easy but the feds know what they're doing in a lot of ways and i think they're testing the ground yes opinion. i'm more speaking of you know maybe not the exact term democide but According to that book that I referenced, uh, this was indeed uh, carried out over a number of years with the gain of function, and they already had the shot, so they needed a virus. And the virus yeah, has never know. been isolated. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't, know if that's, I, don't, I don't know if that's the case. I've never heard that. I've done research on it and other things, written a lot of articles on COVID and masks and things like that. I just did research. And so I don't know if that's true. But I would, I would suggest right, well, what that you, what you, I suggest you send me that information because I like to verify things, and uh, that's what well, I want to do is verify we, stuff. When, yes, well, when we spoke many months ago, you had said you had bought the book, but you hadn't had a chance to read the right. book. Yes, that's correct. I have over five hundred fifty books in uh, COVID and uh, COVID uh, on Kindle, and uh, five hundred. Do I have here six? Oh, oh excuse goodness. me, six hundred seven. And, oh yeah, and so uh, I've got stuff here on uh, endogenous retroviruses. 
I've got uh, stuff on uh, ancient aliens. I just love alien stuff. I just read stuff like that for fun. And, you know, I don't go through that very much. But I'm reading through uh, some of the Ventilian stuff. And uh, Hebrew insights on Revelation was interesting. And uh, some stuff on, on uh, genetic tracing. I'm reading that. I've read books on quantum physics. So I, you know, I have a lot of a, a, a variety of information I like to read because I'm weird. I like to study stuff like that. So, uh, so if, are you are you saying then? Just to, I'll let you go. Um, no, you need to move on probably. But did I understand you correctly to say that the temple has to be rebuilt before the the quote tribulation period can start? That's one of the views. Another view is that it can be rebuilt during the tribulation period, sometimes at the mid, mid part of the tribulation, and that's what would trigger some other stuff. So there's views. And what I hold to is I, I, am with, I think that it's possible that the, the building of the temple will be one of the major signs of the beginning of the tribulation, but it could also be that it, it could be built in the middle of the tribulation period. That's, I've heard different things. I've not really studied it all that much. What I have studied a lot is this age and age to come and the wicked being taken, which I am so surprised how so many uh, Bible teachers get that wrong. We were told ju- that the, the, wow. the thing that you're referring to, one will be taken. One, we were repeatedly taught that all the way mm-hmm. through back when I was a child in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. We were always taught that. I know. And it's, and when you read it, it's not it. Just amazing. Anyway, there's a break. I think I'll talk okay, about that after you. the break. All right, buddy. God thank bless. You. All right, folks. Five open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. That music gets going. There we go. Oh, great. I'm going to read uh, about this. A lot of people when I just heard me say that the ones who are taken are the wicked. Two men in the field, one is taken, one is li- wicked. One is taken, those are the wicked. They're like, no, that can't be the case. Yes, it is. I'm going to prove it, okay? So what I'm going to do is just read what uh, Jesus said. Just going to read it, okay? And this is uh, Luke 17, 26. And just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So who are the ones who are destroyed? the ones who are eating and drinking and being given in marriage. That's that's who is destroyed. Okay, that's what the Bible says right there. So, when we go to Matthew 20, uh, Matthew 24, 36 and 37, it, Jesus says, uh, For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For in those days before the flood, they were eating they were and drinking. So this is the wicked. They were eating, they were drinking, marrying and giving in marriage till the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand till the flood came and took them all away. And so will the coming of the Son of Man be. There will be two men in the field, one will be taken, one is left. That's the wicked. Now people go, no, can't be. Well, let's go back to Luke 17, right? 
They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. That's who's taken, that's who's destroyed. And he goes on, he says, it was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. See, this the wicked. It is the wicked. If you disagree, you can't read the Bible. You don't understand. It just, that's what it says. Okay. And he says, he'll be just uh, the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Well, what will be the same? The wicked are destroyed. That's what it's going to say. On that day, the one who is on the housetop and the one whose goods are in the house must not go down to take them out. And likewise, the one who is in the field must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, there will be two men, or should be two in one bed. One will be taken, and the other left. What's the context of who's taken? It's the wicked. And I'll prove it by Jesus' own words here. Watch this. There will be two women grinding at the same place. One will be taken, and the other will be left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other will be left. And they answered, Where? The disciples are, okay, where they're taken. Now, if it's the good who are taken, they're going to be going to heaven. If it's the bad that's taken, then we get this. Where, Lord, and Jesus said to them, where the body is, there also the vultures will be gathered. So, what the Bible is teaching, what Jesus is teaching, is that uh, two men in the field, one is taken, one is left. It's the wicked who are taken. Now, I challenge anybody to get around that. I, I really do. I, I just I just can't see it. I have shown people this for years and years, and their eyebrows just shoot up, and they're like, man, I never saw that before. I go, yeah, all you got to do is read the context. Now, here's a question, and I've asked this before over the radio, and I've talked about this. Why is it that pastors still teach that that is the rapture? Now, the rapture occurs, but this is not the rapture, Okay. Why would they mistakenly apply these scriptures to the rapture when they clearly are not about the rapture? It's the wicked. If they can't get something that simple right, my question then becomes, well, what else are they just not studying and just repeating whatever they've been told? That's the concern I have. That's the concern I have. When I've taught this and I've shown this to people in Bible studies, you know, a lot of people, they, they just, what? That's not what I've been taught. Let's read it. Go through and they'll say, now what do you think? And they go, oh, I never saw that before. I says, exactly. I said, so who's taken? And they just say, the wicked. I said, there you go. I said, why is it that so many pastors and elders can't even see this when all you can do is read it? Just read it. Just read the context. Just read it. That's all you got to do. And they don't. What is going on? Now, more and more people are realizing uh, that this is the wicked that are taken in this context, okay? It used to be when I was first on the Internet, you know, 25 years ago, 27 years ago, and talking about this. No, it's always the pre-trib rapture verses. And uh, I remember nobody ever said anything contrary to that. It was always the pre-trib rapture verses. And now I get it regularly. People say, no, it's not the rapture. It's the wicked who are taken. Great. It's what happens a lot. People are waking up, and that's good. So there you go. That's uh, 
that's something I think is interesting. And then when you tie it over to uh, Matthew 13, I know I'm shaking a lot of people up here. Matthew 13 is the weak and the par- uh, the terrors. Uh, this starts at verse 24, and the kingdom of heaven can be uh, compared to a, a man who sowed good seed in the field. And while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and they went away. And when the wheat sprouted and bore again, then the tares became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? And he said, No, for while you are gathering up the tares, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. So the first ones who are gathered according to what Jesus taught, the first ones gathered, are the wicked. That's what it says. Okay. Now, when you just go down uh, 10 verses later, verse 36 then he left the crowds and went to the house and his disciples came to him and said explain to us the parable of the tares of the field and he said the one who sows the good seed is the son of man the field is the world and as for the good seed these are the sons of the kingdom and the tares are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil and the harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are angels so just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire so shall it be at the end of the age the son of man will send forth his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will throw them into the furnace of fire in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth then the righteous shall shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, so we see what Jesus is saying. He's saying that the first ones gathered are the wicked, and they're gathered to be burned, and the angels gather them, and it happens at the end of the age, which is the harvest. In Matthew 24, Luke 17, the wicked, two men in the field, one is taken, one is left. That's the, the wicked. And when they ask where they're taken, to a place of judgment, where the body is the vultures gather. They're consistent with each other. Now, folks, the rapture occurs. Now, the question is when, pre-trib or po- mid-trib or post-trib? That's, you know, that's up for grabs. But uh, those verses, uh, two men in the field, one is taken, one is left, is not about the rapture. It's about the wicked being taken. And that's what I want to point out. All right, now we've got an email in. I want to address the email. Uh, let's see. It is uh, from William. My question is, is Molinism middle knowledge biblical? Uh, what would be the problem with it? Uh, no, middle knowledge is not biblical. Let me explain what it is. What Molinism, well, middle knowledge is what is based, what Molinism is based on is middle, middle knowledge. Middle knowledge, there's natural, middle, and free knowledge. Natural knowledge, God knows all things that are possible and logically uh, necessary. Free knowledge, God necessarily knows in totality all that actually exists. Middle 
Knowledge is in between those, hence middle. God knows what any free will choice would be of any person at any time in any circumstance. This means that God's knowledge pertaining to people is contingent on human free will choices. Another uh, name for middle knowledge is sentia media. And so what it's saying is that God knows what free will creatures will do in different circumstances. Now the problem with this is not that it's not true, because God does know, as he does say in Matthew 11, 20, uh, 1-24, what do you chorus and what do you Bethsaida? You know, if these works have been done in you, you know, they would have repented. So he's saying it's called counterfactuals. Something that is not actual and was not actual, but would have been different under different circumstances, and Christ is certainly saying that. In 1 Corinthians 2 8, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So there's another verse, and this said, people say, well, that supports middle knowledge. There's a yes and a no to it. Because God ordains whatever shall come to pass, and there's discussions about how God knows, because it seems to be only because he ordains and he predestines. And yet we're still free, but the freedom cannot exist apart from God's sovereignty. Some people want to say that man's freedom is such that God knows what we're going to do because it's completely up to us. But that entails the idea that God is not sovereign necessarily, over every aspect of our freedom and that would be a problem furthermore the idea then is that God's choices are based upon what he sees free will choices of individuals will be so if they were going to do uh, move to the right instead of the left on a certain day God then knows that and he makes decisions based on that but the problem here is huge it now means then that God's choices are contingent upon man's and this denies the sovereignty of God it denies that God ordains whatever shall come to pass according to the counsel of his will well they might come back and say well no that's okay because he, it's his will to know what they do and what they do he then reacts to it up oh, there you go reacts so now we have God being reactionary based upon what free will creatures will do Furthermore, generally speaking, in Molinism, God knows which people will freely choose God. And so he will then work on circumstances to bring them into faith because he knows under certain circumstances people will believe and other ones won't. And so what he's trying to do then, God is trying to do, is bring the major number, the most number of people possible to be saved. Except this is, works against Scripture, which says no one seeks for God. No one does any good. They cannot receive spiritual things. So they cannot have any actuality of freely choosing Christ left up to their own libertarian free will because it's not possible, because the Scripture says so. So middle knowledge fails in that area as well. And this is why there's a lot of problems with middle knowledge. I can go on, but we're about out of time. So I just want to let you guys know about that. And I just want to say, hey... You know, tomorrow will be on the air, the same time, same place. And um, by God's grace, and I want to tell you that one of my joys in life is to make people think. I'm not saying I'm right about everything, but what I am saying is, look, check it out. You can't trust a guy in the radio named Slick. You've got to trust what the Word of God says. But I want to stir the pot to cause you to study. And if you come to a conclusion that's different than me by studying, Praise God. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. But the idea is study to show yourself approved to God, handling accurately the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2, 15. May the Lord bless you. 
And by His grace, we're back on here tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. God bless everybody. Another program powered by the Truth Network.